cliffcentral.com Live on Cliff Central. Guys, welcome to the Threaded Exchange. Brave, cultured, progressive. As you know, we always have incredible guests on our show. And today I've got someone really special um, who's making waves in music. Someone I've known for a while since he was at UCT Music. His name is Nati Mavuzo. Oh, is Lange. your name? Is, is, is it Lange or Nati? What name you do you go by? You telling people my real name. Okay, so what is your name? It's Lange Mavuzo. Okay, his real but fake name is Lange Mavuzo. <laughs> it's, it kind of is my real name because it's my dad's name and my mom's surname. Which are your... Lange is my dad's surname, Mavuzo is my mom's surname. Oh. Yeah. But also, Lange is nice because it, it means like the sun and day. But I like the sun because it's the brightest star in our orbit. That's dope. Yeah. I should be crying right now. <laughs> but where did you do it? Because the whole changing of name thing was the thing of like, fuck, I'm going to be a superstar and I should have a name. No, actually, it was um, because of Nati Mankai. I think that's his surname. Uh, Nomvula guy. Oh, Unati. His yeah. name is Nati. Yes. So I was just like, oh, man. Because I kept, I was at school when Nomvula came out and I just kept on getting calls like, oh, my God, I heard your song. And I was like, what? People are really calling you about about? that. Yeah. And they're like, oh my God, it's on radio. It's so amazing. So, wouldn't that be like a huge compliment because they think it's you? Because it means that you can sing probably at that level or even better. I mean, it's like, I imagine people he, calling you being like, oh my word, I just heard your so- a song, like Drake. Imagine you said the same name as Drake and people thought you were Drake. Like, I would see that's a good thing. No, I think he's a great, like, he's a great musician and I love his voice. But he it's reminds much me of a lot of, like, Ringo. And Ringo's one of my favorite musicians in the country. But, um, yeah, no. Not your vibe. <laughs> not that it's not my vibe. I think there'll, there'll come a time when I'd like to explore that kind of, um, musical genre but i think right now i'm still i'm still what do you call that musical genre like oringo like they always sing about lovers they never find for like 20 years like ringo has been singing (laughs) about um, how many kids yeah he's been been singing about like it's like it's been cold for the last 15 years no man like um but his bank account is warm i guess it has to be yeah he, he he he's done well for himself so who are you? Who are you? Let's tell the three exchange listeners. Who are you first and foremost? Okay, I am Langa Mavuso. I'm a singer-songwriter. Um, yeah, and I've got music out and I'll be sharing my soul with people for a very long time, hopefully. So you are what they call a musician, not an artist? Uh, both. What is the difference between an artist and what an artist and a musician? And between Rihanna and Beyonce, who's an artist, who's a musician? Um, okay, the difference between a musician and an artist for me is that a musician has the knowledge of sort of how it works theoretically. So they know how to transpose, they can write, transpose, they can write, beats, they can articulate produce. themselves, all of that. You don't have to make beats and produce, but you, you kind of know your way around the musical, like, space. So you don't need to tell someone like, oh, I wanted to go da 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 da. You can say like, this song is in this key, yeah. and we're trying to move like that. This. Note is too sharp. Yes, Let's make it a bit flat. Exactly. So that know. I think that's a musician. I think the artist is just someone who is a creator. 
you know, someone who can what make so- something yeah. out of nothing. So between Rihanna and Beyonce, who's a musician? Who's an artist? Um, you're trying to get me into trouble. No, no, no. I'm asking because I'm trying to draw a parallel for people. I mean, I think there's nothing wrong uh, with someone just being an artist. I think, I think that's not the best comparison. Okay, what is Rihanna in your opinion? I think Rihanna is an influential artist. Okay. An influential Because I, I think artist. that's how I would describe it. Yeah. I used to do music in high school. So yeah. for me, a musician would be someone who, you know, can can write the song yeah. but can also have an idea of how they want the song to sound. Yeah. So if they're given a beat, they'd be like, I need trumpets there. I yeah. need this in B minor. Yeah. I need this note and to hit here. can definitely do that. Yes, she's, yes, she's, yes. She's got that knowledge. She's She's put in the time. And I think it's very important for artists to... Give themselves the time to hone the craft and to go to school and to try and understand this thing that they're trying to do and not just run into it for the recognition and the attention and being on the radio and all of that stuff. But I think people need to, if you really love something, be the master of it. Yeah. You know, I would not call myself a fashion person or stylist person because i mean like if someone wanted to start a conversation with me and be like yo let's talk about phoebe philo and what she's done at like celine and i'm I'm not gonna know that history like but i also feel like generally as like these new school cats yeah i like to call us because we are we're the millennials i also feel like there's a sense of like let's be fake deep let's be alternative for the sake of being alternative yeah i don't know if i'm making sense what i'm saying like for example, like I love everything. Yeah. I can love a Drake. I can love a Solange. I can love a James Blake. I love everything yeah. from what is considered mainstream to what is considered commercial. Yeah. But then you get those people who are like, ah, oh, I hate commercial. I'm like listening to things that people don't listen to. And like, it's seen just, as this like think, weird space. It's like, yeah, this fake special place. And then, no, and then if you listen special. to Drake, it's like, yeah, that's not real music. Like real music happens underground. No, please. In a dingy space. Do you, I, but you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Am I making sense? Yeah. I just think those are people who just want to be special. I've sat with people who are like deep jazz heads. And I was like, yo, let's listen to Rihanna Anti because that album is so great. Yeah. And everyone will be like, yeah, it's such yeah. a good album. I also feel like with music for me personally, it's that I like listening to a lot of commercial music. Yeah. Because I've done music. I mean, I used to do like... Very orchestral music. Yeah, but you come from Cape Town. Yeah, that's like, that's like so for me, the I like musical hub of the country. Exactly. So, and and I even did. Uh, I even did. Actually, this is crazy. In my grade eleven and twelve year, I actually did jazz with Mike Campbell. I know. Which I know was, this because I went to I went to UCT with people who went to school with you. Yeah, and I played the Wine trumpet and I was vocal people. and yeah. like Amy Campbell. We used yeah. to sing together. Yeah, know, so it's crazy. I know all of these I, things. I was about actually meant you. to be in music more than fashion. <laughs> so this is actually my favorite. I think show. you auditioned to go to UCT music school, did you not? I did same time as fashion school, yes. And then I chose and fashion school. And then you school. chose Lysoff. I chose fashion school and then UCT wanted to push me more to become a trumpeter rather than a vocalist. Really? Mike was like, You should be a trumpeter. Not you a play trumpet? Very well. I need to book you for a session. Very, very well. And I can play the <laughs> drums. And, I, and I'm and i also good with rhythm, rhythm section. Very good with rhythm. Drums, but you no see, drums. That, that was my thing. Like, I went to an art school here in Joburg. And I feel like if the National School of the Arts was in Cape Town, like, NSA people are already beasts. Like, yeah. 
a lot of the people in the industry who've gone to NSA just kill it yeah. because they've given they've given their craft time and they've learned things about it and they've made sure that they, they've like like attacked their shortcomings and yeah. strengthened what they're already good at, you know. Yeah. And Cape Town has like the most fertile ground for a musician. Yeah. Like. But I feel like if I was a musician, I'd be very depressed. That's why I never pursued it. Because for for me, music is like it. For me, I really, really enjoy music. I really, really do. And for me, music is such a deep, deep connection. Yeah. Because of things that have happened in my life, and the only thing that I could ever feel resonated how I feel is music. And so it holds such a strong, strong sentiment to the point where I don't want to be conscious of people when it comes to music, like. As, I was an, about to say, as an artist, a, I feel it's a lonely. It's a lonely. Yeah, I, I'd rather have music for myself, and now yeah. that's what I do: like smoke a joint, chill at home, and just listen to music. Like that's my vibe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And now, if I had to be an artist like this, like with, I mean, you want to be able to create. Like now, there's a record label, or there's me, and I have to distribute this music, and our people's opinions, and I have to create a hit, and all this. Like you don't have to do any of those things. It, it takes a brave soul to to go into music. I think you're brave. Like I really admire musicians because I'm just like you're taking something such a, a personal experience and you're putting it out there for people to consume. Yeah, that's a. I could never do that. I'm not emotionally stable to do that. Like I'm happy I do that through fashion But fashion It's still a thing of like It's still fun And it's not Like music is the one thing If I had to describe My greatest love Like music is that one Greatest love yeah, yeah. And I just My relationship with music Is not strong enough For me to just go out there And be like This is my life like, I think you should try Come back at some point I want to be a DJ Actually I want to be a DJ Everyone in the city Is a no, DJ No 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 I don't want to be a DJ So I can play at gigs Yeah I want to be a DJ Just to play for myself I literally enjoy music for me. Maybe you should DJ just like with friends. And, and I also just want to help musicians yeah. package music better. Like I listen to music and I'm like, fuck, that's too sharp. Oh my <laughs> God, you missed a note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my word, like this actually sounds, I know what you're trying to do. I wish it was, like, I could wish I could just sit in listening sessions and yeah. be like, you need drums there. Yeah. You need a percussionist there. You need a, a tiny, like I'm good at that. I'm good at like helping because I have such a good ear. Yeah. For sound. Yeah. So that's what I want to do. Hopefully. I think that's cool, but I would never want someone to come and tell me how to make my music. You see, but th- that's the thing though. Like that only happens if I'm part of like your team. Like Rick Rubin does that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where Jay Z will call them in and be like, Rick, but you see, that's when, listen. that, that's, that, I think even with a Rick Rubin, Rick can come in and tell Kanye, like, you need to remove all the drums. I want to be able you, to do that. But if you know that the drums are going to be the signature for your sound, keep your drums. Yeah. Even if you're talking to a Rick Rubin. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know? And I think it's important. I think it's very important to collaborate with people and to have people who are sounding boards, which I don't think happens a lot in this country. I think a yeah. lot of people just like put stuff out. They don't think about stuff like carefully when they do share content yeah. about their music and i think we are at a place as like young musicians where we can start um the trend of being more attentive with how we share our music yeah um you don't just put up a song put yeah. up a put up a behind the scenes video get a photographer to come in get visuals yeah. you know like it's a whole think, product and i think yeah. this is this is my thing with this thing of like oh, i only listen to music that's like deep sometimes <laughs> like sometimes it's not that deep yeah. it's just like not well marketed 
Yeah. And like Rihanna's big because she's got a massive marketing like team yeah. behind her and like finances that are put into putting her everywhere so that even if you don't want to listen to Rihanna, you're going to listen to Rihanna because exactly. the labels, first of all, they have the infrastructure and resources to put her on all radio. Yeah. They have the connections to put her in spaces that even if you're not trying to consume her, she's so much around you. At some point, you're going to consume something, whether yeah. you like it or not. Yeah. No, so, I agree with that. I also yeah. think, this is something I actually want to dive in, is that, like, I also believe, like, the reason why I probably haven't delved into music as much as I would like to is because I don't have a musical soulmate. Yeah. What I've realized, I look at people like Ella Fitzgerald, I look at Miles Davies, like, all these greatest musicians up till Beyonce, Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Even people like you, it turns out that even Black Coffee, for example. Yeah. It turns out that, like, we only see the artist, but that artist always has that one person that helps him create. Yeah. You know, definitely. Drake has Noah Shabib. Yeah. He can't make an album without Noah. Yeah. So, it, how how much of that is important to you to have that one person that helps you craft your sound because that's how I feel like I don't have that yeah. so essentially I can't explore the different types of things I could do but with you when I listen to your music it sounds like and also through the years because yeah. you've always done music and yeah. just listening to you recently that sparked this interview was like okay I, I know where this is going yeah, I can hear yeah, where you're going and it yeah. sounds like you have a musical soulmate yeah I think I definitely do have a musical soulmate Soulmates. I have a couple. That's cool. Um, One of them died, and that was what the first EP was about. And it was kind of like sort of letting go of them and their spirit and just letting them rest in peace. Um, And now I've got a couple of people in my corner who I am constantly... um, Bouncing off ideas to sharing things with and writing with, constantly trying to create with. So, yeah, yeah, I do have musical soulmates and I think it is important to have those people around you because they help you to sort of weave the story together. Because at the end of the day, you're just sharing something that might have happened to you or a yearning that you have. And um, sometimes you do need people to help you piece it together. Yeah. Yeah. What... In your musical journey, yeah, you know, is, I mean, I only met you during your UCT years. Mm-hmm. Was music the obvious choice always growing up? Was it a thing? Because I know, like, for me, it was a thing of like, oh, yeah, cool, let's go in. That's great. You have yeah, a great yeah, voice. Yeah. And it's like, you should be a singer. Like, yeah. were you that kid that was just like belting out music? Yeah. And was it easy for you to be like, mom, dad, I'm going to do music? Yeah, it was. Um, my parents used to sing in the choir. That's how they met. Oh, excuse me. And I used to spend a lot of my weekends and holidays at their place and they would go to choir rehearsals constantly and and they'd be doing choral competitions. So I think the bug like crept in then, but I wasn't like, I want to be a musician. And then, and and as kids, like I grew up in a like townhouse complex and we were playing and we were playing like, oh, we're going to be pop stars this week because it was a TV show and we'd sing the songs from pop stars. And one day, this girl that was older than us, she was like, oh my God, come and hang out with me because I think she was bored. So we go to her house and she's playing music and she's making us sing for her all the songs that she heard us singing um, by the pool. And then she stops me and she says, sing this song again. She plays Whitney Houston. 
um, the song about I believe the children are the future. She plays that song and then she says, sing it back to me, but this time sing it from your stomach and not your throat. And when I sang it, I could hit every single note that Whitney was hitting. And I was like, damn. Yeah, I can sing, you know. Yeah. But because my voice was so high pitched, I was so embarrassed by it. Like I never told anyone. Yeah. So I'd come home from school and sing to myself at home, and then eventually, one kid heard me singing in the school bathroom, and she ran and told the whole class, and she was like, "Nati can sing, Nati can sing," um, and the teacher made me sing. She was like, "You have to sing in front of the class," and I was like, "No, I don't really know how to sing." And then I sang and the whole class went crazy. And then they literally made the whole grade leave the class so that I could sing for the, for them. And then slowly but surely I sang it like my grade seven thing. Um, and while, while I was in primary school, I watched, um, the movie Fame, like from the eighties. And I was like, yeah. Oh my God, I want to go to a school like that. And then I discovered that, um, the National School of the Arts existed. And I was like, that's fame. So I went to NSA. So you went to NSA? Yeah. And then you sort of moved back to, to Cape Town to do UCT. Yes. So I went to NSA and I did drama for three years. And then I did music for my last two years of high school. Then when I left, by, by the end of matric, because this person that I was so attached to died in my matric year, I wanted nothing to do with music anymore. I was just like, I want to leave the school. I'm already part of the model un like, um, the model U United Nations debates. I'm yeah. like RCL. I just want to go academic. So I go to Rhodes and I go study politics and economics. And now I'm missing one credit. And I bump into this girl that I went to high school with. And she says to me, Oh my God, you're here. What are you studying? And I'm doing, and I'm like, Oh, I'm doing a PPE. And she's like, why? And I'm like, because I want to become a diplomat. And she's like, um, okay. Have you signed up for all your, um, subjects and I'm like yeah but I just need one more elective I don't know if I should take like sociology or history and she's like no there's this like one credit you can continue with your academics but you just take it um, it's called instrumental music studies and you can do music you can do uh, a musical instrument there and you can continue with your academics and I'm like oh cool so then I start doing um, classical voice and I think within three weeks of being at Rhodes I applied to UCT and I was like, I can't be at Rhodes anymore. I need to go to UCT and do this music thing. Cause like, yeah, it's really the only thing that I really and truly love. And I would do it even if no one paid me to do it. You know, um, my mom was very reluctant. She was like, just finish your degree. You can go do music later. Yeah. Um, you did it at NSA. Like surely that was enough. And I'm like, no, I really feel like I need to go and do it. And she says, well, you need to finish the year at Rhodes. You need to get um, a certain like level of marks for us to say, yes, you can leave. And once you've achieved all of that, then you can go to UCT. So I had to go through the whole year at Rhodes, finish. My mom's like, she told me, if you don't get three A's, you can't leave Rhodes. You're going to finish that degree. So I had to get three A's and then I could leave. And my acceptance letter from so UCT. So did you get your three A's? I did. I yeah. got my three A's and I left. The next yeah. year I went to UCT and I started doing um, jazz, jazz performance under the direction of Amanda Tiffin. That's dope. Yeah. Amanda Tiffany, oh my gosh. Yeah. And also most people don't know that like Judith Sapuma... Went to Dude, UCT. I remember that's one of my things. I like remember being like one of the yeah, and also Sakila Mulesha went there, who worked with Goldfish, Come and on. that's who I met. And yeah. also he was a vocalist as well as a trumpet player, which was yeah. great. So those are kind of the people that are. I was in those scenes. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. So that's how I got to UCT and studying music. And then the move to Joburg. How how did that happen? 
So, so I'm in my were, third you, year now at UCT. Hella, hella depressed. And I'm not why even... Why do you depressed? I'm I also not, feel I'm like... Even, I'm not I don't even feel comfortable about, talking yeah. about this, but I remember, like, I met you. And then I remember when I met you, I knew you were in music, but yeah. I just... Like I'm very sensitive to yeah, energies and stuff And I'm yeah. just genuinely Not very open to new people very quickly yeah. Because it's like I need to see what you stand for who you, What are you about yeah. Who are you as a person I remember I couldn't tell that about you But yeah. I knew you loved music yeah. And then you just disappeared And then <laughs> I could see, And I remember you used to come to Joburg Go back to Cape Town Come yeah. to Joburg Then you disappeared for a while And then three months in I think I bumped into you And like oh I live here now yeah. And your hair was different Your whole <laughs> vibe was different And now you're like I'm creating I'm a musician yeah. I'm doing this thing what so, happened? So what I happened? lived in my th- in my third year. So towards in the beginning of my third year of varsity, I started to like. I've always been depressed, right? Um, it's just it's just a part of who I am. Yeah. And I I've been like seeing people since I was in high school. Yeah. Um, and I stopped seeing a psychologist at the end of high school when I got to Rhodes, and I was like, "No, I'm fine now. I'm cool." I and think I, I think... see a therapist every single day of my existence. <laughs> <laughs> so by the time I, by the time that year began, I was just starting to crumble. I think like I did, I I'd ignored stuff so much, and like compartmentalized it to a part of my brain that it was like, it's too much now. Like I was starting, I, I had a breakdown. That's actually what made me. That just pushed me over the edge. What would you describe as a breakdown? According to you, what so, made you feel like, okay, I'm having a breakdown? I never... I, so while I was at Rhodes, I knew this girl who had anxiety. And I was like, girl, this is some white disease. Like, you're just nervous. Get over it yeah. type of thing, you know? Um, not understanding what she was going through. Because she was genuinely like, oh, my God, this is a real thing in my life. And the teachers understood it as well. And I was like, I just don't understand. Like, she just needs to calm down. Then one day in that third year, um, I'm at dinner with friends. And it was like, um, our friends are Jewish. And it was like some Jewish holiday. And they made us this Jewish dinner. And they were e- educating. Eating I think so. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were having this dinner. And I look at my phone and it was a date that triggered a, an emotion about something that had happened in the past. And throughout that year, there was just like a series of events that was really traumatic for me. Um, and my biggest problem is like loss and rejection, right? Because I didn't grow up with my father, I think there's a sense of some co- like some sort of rejection yeah because i saw from the exact same yeah. thing by the way like and, i know that and like. i've never been able to deal with loss yeah. like a lot of my friends will think i'm the worst at grieving because like it literally turns my whole world upside down you know so i ha- i'm at that dinner and i see this date and i'm like ooh i'm starting to feel like really funny i don't want to cry in front of people this is not the vibe this is going to ruin everything so i'm like i'm just going to the bathroom i'm going to go pee quickly and then you get into in the, the bathroom. bathroom as i'm about to cry i'm thinking the tears are coming i start losing breath right so like now i'm just like breathing really terribly and it feels like i'm about to faint so i call one of my friends and i'm like please get me water i don't know what's going on she comes in and she's like, dude, you're having like an anxiety attack. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what the hell is that? And she's like, what's happening to you right now? And I'm like crying and I'm losing breath. And because I was losing so much breath, my body started shaking to try yeah. and oxygenate it- itself. And I was like, you need to call my aunt because I'm about to die. I can feel it. 
And that's how it felt for me. I felt like I was physically about to die. Yeah. She calls my aunt. My aunt comes quickly. She takes me to the hospital. Um, the doctor says to me, is there any history of cardiac arrest in your family? And I'm like, I don't think so. And he's like, your heart is racing as fast as someone who's about to have a heart attack. What's going on? Are you stressed? And I'm like, no. I just had a trigger from a date and they were like, cool, we're going to give you some anxiety meds. You need to go see a psychologist and a psychiatrist. Went to go see a psychologist, went to go see a psychiatrist. Then they told me, cool, you're depressed, blah, blah, blah. You need to come see us regularly. Here's some medication, blah, 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 blah. Started to take that, started to go for the regular sessions. But as the year went by, I started to feel like a zombie. I started to feel like I was not physically present. In anything that was happening, I was just letting the days go by with like each passing moment. I just yeah. wasn't present. And the only time I felt better was when I was at home. So as I go back to UCT for that last year, um, my mom says to me before I leave, are you sure you want to go back to school? And I'm like, yeah, I'll be fine. Um, but I'm not doing this like medication thing anymore. I'm going to like, Start, stop, I'm gonna stop taking it slowly so that I just don't need it anymore. I'll find other ways to feel better. Yeah. Um, exercise, those kinds of things, you know? And she's like, oh, okay, cool. Um, just stick to that routine that you're going to create because maybe that will help. Yeah. Go back to UCT two, three weeks before school's open and I'm there and, um, my mom calls me on one of the days and she's just checking up, like, how's everything? How's registration? I'm like, I'm cool. Nah, nah, nah. And she's like, mm, I can hear that thing in your voice again. What's going on? And I'm like, no, I'm fine. She's like, if you don't feel like you are up to being there, come home. I would rather you come home now than to come back in a body bag to come and bury yeah. you. Because so that's what triggered the move to your mother. Yeah, my mom, my mom was like, if, if you feel like you need to come home, come home. So I applied for a leave of absence. I got a letter from Amanda. I got a letter from my psychologist and psychiatrist. UCT gave me the leave of absence. And I came back. And I was only given on, 12 months. And you still on leave of absence. And this is like one year, six months later. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely not on leave of absence anymore. Um but my credits, I think they last for five years. Hopefully, I should go back at some point. Yeah, well, they'll um, give you an honorary when you're famous. Um, I'd like to. I'd like to put in the work. So, but honorary is given to people who've put in the work in yeah, a career you, for you, many you, years. You've put in the work practically, but I also I would also like to get to the point where I can help create um, workshops and programs to educate kids. In like township areas Who have yeah. the talent But don't have the access To music schools So I'd like For me To get to the point where I can build these programs With the teachers And myself Because I have the knowledge To yeah. to, to impart to kids And at this point in time I don't think I know enough To be able to teach kids So that they can get to The tertiary level And continue on In the tertiary level And then pursue it If they want to So I'd like, I'd like to go back and finish so that I can, so that I have like the backing yeah. to do that. And how, how, how are you dealing with the depression now? I mean, no, I suffer exactly from the same thing. Didn't yeah. grow up with my, with my dad, but for me, it was an identity issue. Yeah. And that's what crazy people, people don't know. Yeah. Is that because I was raised by my, 
I, I was raised by my mother and I went to a super masculine school. Yeah. Right. And I'm, because of that, I became a super masculine man. Yeah. You know, I love things a certain way, but, but because I was also raised by my mom, there's a huge feminine influence. Yeah. yeah. And so I found myself not identifying with either. I was yeah. like, well, I don't identify with being super masculine. Yeah. But I'm definitely I have an element of that, but I'm also yeah. an element of having feminine, you know, vibes, which and you're I in enjoy. This world that you have to choose. And so the mixture of that yeah. made me who I am. And yeah. so I was in, I loved music, but at the same time, I played rugby and I was yeah. a competitive sportsman. I mean, I was angry all the time on the field, <laughs> but I could be very fragile on stage singing, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And so I didn't have a deep voice, but I had a very big physical build. And yeah, the yeah. whole time, everyone's like, are you gay? Is he a straight? Is yeah, he a gay? Yeah, yeah. Is he a that? Is he a this? Is he a that? See, as a hoe, he sleeps with all these girls. See, as this. Yeah, and yeah. I felt like, and that's what triggered what became my depression because yeah. I actually suffered my, from depression from an early age. But for me, it was just a thing of, th- this is sad. My dad's beating my mom. It's yeah. okay. Things get better. Let's yeah. move through it. Let me work through it. Yeah. Didn't really make friends. Like I don't want to connect with people. I just want to get through high school, get shit done. Yeah. And so after school, you have to interact with people. You have to make friends and all those crazy mm-hmm. stuff. And then, and then I, I was forced to, and that started giving me anxiety. Fashion school as well, same yeah. thing. It was like, oh, this guy's straight, but is he gay? Is he not? Is he in the closet? Yeah. So most of the time, I felt I felt like everyone was just trying to define who I should who be should with, be, who yeah. I should be, and that really then turned me into a depression. That's how Threadman became my escape. I was yeah. like, you can be a guy wearing a suit but have pink hair. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You yeah. don't have to fit this spe- specific stereotype and yeah. it's just crazy that you, you're you talking about your depression and what triggered it and I, j- I just realized it's similar but for yeah. me it was more of uh, can the world stop telling me what to be can to the be, world yeah. just let me be and I believe that human beings are are, are, are spiritual beings that yeah. are on earth having human experiences. experiences and I think for me what I've found empowering about depression is that it's the depression happens when a spiritual being is sucked too much into a human experience yeah. and your soul feels trapped and your soul is trying to find yeah. its way back to its true essence. Yeah. So in a sense, you're depressed because of a human experience. Yeah. I think the way that I deal with depression now is that I try to, I try to face everything that I feel. And before... I didn't. And my biggest outlet right now is like writing and making music and performing and also just talking about stuff. You know, if I'm having a terrible day, I'll call someone and um, we'll have a conversation about it. And I think the biggest thing for me in, in, in my experience was that I felt like I had to be like the happiest person there, um, the most grateful about everything because like you're talented, you're doing well in school, like you should just be happy that you're alive and ignore like any problem that exists in your life, you know, because someone's living like that, that sort of like mentality of that, like someone's worse off than you are. Stop so, being like, ungrateful. Yeah. yeah stop stop being that? ungrateful. Snap out of it. Yeah, Look at your life. Go out there and slay. You know? Yeah. And now it's just, it's, it's just a thing of like, I try to face every single emotion that I have. And if I need to give myself time or an activity to do to let it out, I'll do that. Yeah. I don't hide from myself anymore. Wow. Yeah. I think for me personally, how I, cause I, my biggest things that depression affected me with was because I'm in this industry that I'm in and experiencing fame on social media and everywhere. And it's like, I have a life that yeah. I have. And then there's a whole career 
entertainment lifestyle yeah, that I have, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. of the career that I've built. Yeah. And between juggling these two lifestyles was intense. Yeah. Whereas I'd, I have my group of friends who know me, who I'm close with. And all of a sudden, people that I don't know are talking shit about me on social yeah, media yeah, saying, yeah. see us this, see us yeah, that. Yeah. And then the whole thing, his voice, he should be this, he should be that, <laughs> is see straight, see a gay. And then hearing also people that chill with you talking shit about yeah, you. Yeah, and it yeah. just, I remember it just literally made me feel unworthy. And yeah. it just made me feel like, why would people want to talk shit about me when they don't know me? You yeah, know? yeah, and yeah. I'm trying to create a platform here for all people to, to be able to speak. So and what for do me, you it's think something... made you like pass that because I think we exist in a world where people are going to talk about you every day. I think what made me go past that, I was about to say, is silence. Yeah. I think for me, how I cope with everything is not only just living my dream through my company, but yeah, it's, yeah. I'm always alone, actually. Yeah. I love my own space. I love to be able to think and I meditate, I pray, and I yeah. read a lot of books. Yeah. People don't, people think actually I'm this party animal, but actually I'm more in tune with myself than people realize. Yeah. I'm actually very much a homebody. Yeah. I read, I pray, I travel. And if I'm not out there for work, I'm yeah. not out there, period. And if I'm not out there to celebrate my friends, then I'm not out there, period. So yeah, that's yeah, why, yeah. like... People can't figure me out really yeah. And even now Like no one knows anything About I my don't private think, life I generally don't think You ever owe anyone ex- An explanation about who you are Exactly Regardless of like Whether they're talking about you or not Because I think that When people are talking about you And you begin to entertain it You give it life Yeah To continue on That's the thing on, Hate you sucks know? you in Yeah So if, 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 if you If you know something is not true you you can you can let it go and it and it's going to be hard in the beginning because it's constantly being brought at you and it's and it's and it's like scratching for your attention and trying to ignore that in the beginning is extremely frustrating but i think when you get to the point where you just realize like i know myself the people that love me know me. The people that I care about know who I am. They know what I'm about and they know the things that I've experienced. Therefore, whatever third party has to say about me can't affect me to the, to the point that I'm going to be bothered about it the entire day or for the rest yeah. of my life. No, definitely. Because people are always going to and talk about you. And I think that's what I got to. I think for me, it started with knowing thyself. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. Think Learning to appreciate myself. Learning yeah. to say, you actually deserve this. You work yeah. for it. God chose you for this. You're killing this shit. Yeah. And I choose not to engage with negativity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm all about positivity. And I think yeah. even more so for me, it highlighted the problem with social media. Yeah. Where people actually live on social media. And I was like, actually, I want to live a life that is true and authentic. And I want yeah. to connect with people. So I spend my time mostly just focusing on real life relationships yeah. and online relationships. And for me, being online is just about work and yeah. just commentating wherever I feel I have something to say. But yeah, I'm not on there anymore. Yeah. And like now when someone says something about me, I'm just like, mm, I'm, I'm out here living but a great life. But you see, life, because you so know that people are living on social media, yeah. you know that what they consume of yours, they think they know you because yeah. that's their world. That's their reality in their mind. So whatever information that they come across that has to do with you, because they interact with you and engage with you, in this um, internet realm, yeah. they almost feel like they own a part of you. Yeah. So they feel entitled to your story because they feel like they're a part of it. And that's why they're going to have an opinion about it. But yeah. what I think what a lot of people need to realize that are in like, that do put stuff out is that there's a certain perception that you create on social media and 
it's either people are going to hear things that confirm that perception about you or they're going to hear things that denounce that perception about you and it's going to get people talking regardless yeah so because you've you've opened yourself up to the space you're almost like you're, you're you're going to deal with it regardless regardless of whether you're like very famous or not famous because like if 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 there's a kid in in your school that doesn't really talk to you a lot but has you on social media they feel like they can have a, an opinion about you because yeah. they feel like they know stuff about you now because they have this kind of access to you yeah and it's just a matter of knowing like Don't forget that a lot of this stuff is an illusion. Don't lose sight of what's real. Yeah. And once you are not caught by the illusion, you can always recognize like the real experiences and the re- the opinions that hold weight. Yeah. And those are the ones that matter. Because But even then, I always say even the opinions you think do matter, even yeah. though they still come from a human being. Yeah. And at the end of the day, human beings don't know shit. Like yeah. if you think about it, like everyone's just on this earth just trying to figure it out. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? And, and, yeah. and whether whatever because if you think about it, we live in a world where now whatever qualification you might have, it doesn't yeah. guarantee you to be in that specific lane of life. Uh-huh. So there's nothing on earth you can actually do besides being your true self yeah. that shows you the way. So even then another human being like as you were saying before like another human being even no matter how big even a Kanye West can't come to you as Ulanga to be like yeah take the drums off like yeah, because you know to you. you that sounds incredibly amazing and to yeah. you it makes sense and to you it's what you connect to this who you are and he can't come and say but you see what you, you get what I'm you saying? see what makes a difference is that i think and this is my biggest problem with twitter i think people don't know that you have to earn your opinion You yeah. can't just speak on everything because you have a thought about it. Yeah. You know? And I think because then it's an ill-informed yes. you can't be like, yeah, yes. set so, up little stuff so, or shit. So my <laughs> thing so my thing is like because of this entitlement of like of having an opinion on everything, it I I I'm worried about taking in information from people that I don't know and I don't know where they're coming from. But I do think that people can earn earn their opinion with you but still be wrong. Yeah. So you can trust someone and have them say things that you don't like, but you also have a choice as a person to say actually that's a load of crap. Yeah. Because have people yeah. told you I mean now you're doing incredibly well and you're on the rise or whatever. Have have you had musicians who have told you mm, or people in the industry I have mean, told you mm, your music not the one. Um, has anyone had said no to you? No one has said it to my face if they do have that opinion i mean a lot of a lot of the reception for me right now is still and i was telling like someone very close to me today i was like i'm still waiting for that ne- like the negative comments to come because even when i go through the facebook comments from like the toyota live with the soil the bulk of those comments are about me and like how how much people love how i sing and how i share music yeah. and how they love my music my soundcloud page is that my twitter responses are, are about that yeah. when when i hope when you never experience video, hate i hope you don't it's not, it's not a nice I, thing to i don't think it, i don't think it's a nice thing but i also like um i like it when people if you're going to come and criticize me have constructive criticism to say to me um and also don't be afraid of me 
criticizing you as well. Yeah. So if you're going to tell me, um, I'm not enjoying the guitar on this and this and this of your song, blah, 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 blah. Can you play the guitar? You can, you, <laughs> no, I don't care if you can play it or not. Yeah. If I have an opinion about you as well, that I've decided to be tight-lipped about, and now you've opened up um, this kind of realm of conversation between us, then you should also be able to take it. Yeah. If I, if but I mean, I ha- that gets I difficult. I mean, if you're a musician with millions of followers, you can't, you know, go engage with Wendy, who has 10, 20 followers, who's <laughs> saying, Langamavuso looks like Isnindi, or whatever. Care. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It gets to a point where you can't, Single-handedly engage with yeah. any single person saying something negative. You get to a point where you're just like, actually, this doesn't matter. Fuck, li- fuck them. <laughs> I'm gonna continue with life. I think. I think the thing that helps me is that like, I I don't care to be liked by everyone, yeah. and I don't expect everyone to like the music. Yeah. Um, I don't like everything that is put out, so I don't expect People every single like. person to be about it. You know, but I know as long as I know that I've put in. All the work that I've needed to put in and an extra amount and I believe in it and the story is honest and is shared in the most truthful way, then I'm happy. Yeah. And even if what it touches five your people, music, like think about like being so young, like yeah. people always ask me what inspires me and they think I may be like, yeah, Alexander Wang or like Tom Ford. And I talk about like my life. I'm yeah. 23 years old, my sex life, my dating That's life. That's exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's alcohol. Late nights, <laughs> fights that happen, the that's wildest exactly, shit that takes place. Yeah. Where I wake up in a hotel in Japan, I'm like, fuck, <laughs> what did I do last night? Like, what life is this? So for me, that's what inspires me into my styling and my aesthetic. So yeah. I want to know, like, what inspires you and, you know, how deep do you delve into you experience? Because I also think it's important to you as your, as your craft to experience life yeah. to its greatest extent. So yeah. how do you experience life without being lost in it's it? It's my favorite thing. Um, a lot of my music is is inspired by the people around me and the experiences that I have. So the people that I've dated, the places that I go to, the parties that I go to. And I think someone was telling me last week, like, you're always out. You're always, like, at a party of some sort. And I always just say, babe, I need to get some content for the music. Yeah, You know, like, you need to live life to share the stories because essentially that's all I'm doing. I am... Trying to take every single thing that happens and create a narrative and put it in and, and try from that narrative, create a sonic painting for people to visualize through sound. Yeah. You know? So yeah, it's, 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 it's people and experiences. That's, that's, are you not afraid? I always think about musicians like, Let's say I'm, I'm hypothetical. You're in a relationship and there's a whole three way thing that's happening. Yeah. Like, are you one of those brave people who would just like write about it and yeah, sing about it? Yeah, of course. Like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Not in a bad way. Please don't mind me. Not saying that's <laughs> no. crazy. It's like, it's like I think of myself like I, I communicate through fashion, but fashion, mm. there's no singing or hearing. So people yeah, yeah, yeah. can't know who inspired or what, but you, you know, see, the thing but is music me, is quite the, raw and it's quite is, in its delivery. I never tell the whole story. I always leave space for, for the, for the listener to paint their own picture. Yes, because I think the thing is with art is that, that people love it because they relate to it. When someone watches a movie, they start to identify themselves within a character or within a storyline. And that's what I do with my music. I try to not make it too personal, but also it's still my story. Still not too vague. Yeah. It's, it's not too vague, but. 
Yeah. Straight to the point. Yeah. So, shit, we're running so out of time. So you'll never know. You'll we're never running know out of the time. About. So, quickly. Mm. Oh, <laughs> you just made one of our marks an instrument. Come on. <laughs> but I want to ask two things before we run up. First cool. thing I want to ask. Your career, you just collaborated with Black Coffee recently. Mm-hmm. We saw the recording sessions. What's next? What is happening? What are you cooking? Don't give people too many details because my attack out of a panel. Hey. Um, but it's give a us, real give thing. us a cloud. I only talk about things that are finished. Give That's us a blanket of, okay, <laughs> sort of like a brief summary of what's next for you. Okay. Uh, so I collaborated with Black Coffee. I've signed to his record label. So you're signed to Solistic? Yes. Oh, wow. Congrats. So, Do people know that you're signed to Solistic? No, this is the first time we're talking about it. Oh, wow. Um, signed to Solistic now. Um, I just also did a song with Tweezy. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Oh, there's a single coming out. What else? So the Black Coffee single, when is that dropping? I, I think it's on his album because... Yo, no, I can't say it because it's made. Okay, let me let me let me talk it's about this. What major. is it like working with Black Coffee? What is what is it like? Um, you know what? I walked into it thinking, oh God, I'm gonna be working with like this megastar. Is he gonna arrive late? Is it going to be a thing of like me sitting he, in a corner and, him being and like, just like and just like do this and do that? But he literally. It felt like working with any other person that I've worked with. He came in, um, we spoke about life, we just chilled, we had a f- like some Red Bulls chatting, chatting to one of the guys that was helping us. Sponsorship. Guys, this is how you become an influencer mentioned. Do you hear that mention? We were chilling and drinking some Red Bulls. And Red Bull works with Solistic, they work with Black Coffee. They work that was with a me. good product job. Now they work with you. Check out, check out the EP on Red Bull Sun Club. Page. I'm just saying, that's how you become influential. That's influence right there. <laughs> I mean, you can talk about something within your lifestyle, but let's carry on. Um, yeah, so we, we had a conversation. Um, he played a chord, added some beats, added some drums to it. Um, Matlati and I started creating a melody line and, uh, I started writing the song and then we ended the session because he had to go for a meeting. No, he had to go for the axe event. Cool, he goes for the axe event. I had to leave that weekend and go to KZN to the rurals for a funeral. Go home and now Gisemakaya, like there is nothing to do. But luckily I bought my laptop. So I was bored and I took out my laptop and I was like, let me finish writing the song. Sit down, it's dark, and then I finished writing the song. Flew back in. As soon as I landed, I went to the studio and I was like, I finished the song. And they're like, cool. And then I sang to them and he was like, let's lay it down. And I laid down the vocals. He sent it back to me. So, so, so how he works is like, there'll be a basic beat that he, he, that he makes. You'll write to it and record to it. And then when he leaves, he's going to continue working on it. So then a day later, he sends me the song and then, yeah. And then he tells me he wants to add someone on the song. So we'll see who he adds. Oh wow That's yeah. where we're gonna leave it yeah. We will see who we add Yeah um, Langa thank you so much for, Thank you Sia For joining This was a great show This is what it's this about This was fun um, We just have a conversation <laughs> man And um, we'll see We'll hear what the people say But congratulations Thank you And uh, keep fighting The good fight And Yo. yeah This is the Three Exchange And you've inspired Many young musicians Who I'm sure Want to follow you In your footsteps Thank you They need to keep and pu- pushing And don't be Don't be lazy 
put in the work. Don't be lazy. Put in the work. See you later. Through exchange, I am out. <laughs> Progressive, cultured, and brave. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. The Threaded Exchange with Sia Live on Cliff Central. Cliffcentral.com